A reading from the Holy Scriptures, Matthew 21, verses 33 through 46, the parable of the tenant farmers. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he rented it to tenant farmers and took a trip. When it was time for harvest, he sent his servants to the tenant farmers to collect his fruit. But the tenant farmers grabbed his servants. They beat some of them, and some of them they killed. Some of them they stoned to death. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first group. They treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come on, let's kill him and we'll have his inheritance. They grabbed him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenant farmers? They said he will totally destroy those wicked farmers and rent the vineyard to other tenant farmers who will give him the fruit when it's ready. Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that God's kingdom will be taken away from you and will be given to a people who produce its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be crushed, and the stone will crush the person it falls on. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard the parable, they knew Jesus was talking about them. They were trying to arrest him, but they feared the crowds who thought he was a prophet. Well, this is a fun one, huh? Oh my gosh, what do I do with this? That's what I've been asking myself all week. <laughs> but let's start out with a modern way of trying to understand this, and then we'll get into the text, and then we'll, we'll come back out eventually. So back when um, I was a student in Illinois, at the University of Illinois, um, I got to go to this activists weekend. And um, Robert Redford was there. So that was kind of fun uh, to, to hear him speak. Jeff Johnston at the University of Illinois. Thank you very much. And then, um, and then um, Ralph Nader spoke. And Ralph Nader kind of did a history of activism for us. And he said, what, um, why some of them didn't make it and why some of them ended up killing themselves, and he was talking in particular about Abby Hoffman, was there wasn't a center. There was always, I gotta do the next thing. I gotta do the next thing. Um, I gotta, um, and, and now that maybe we've, um, seen the Chicago 7 and, and seen him in movie version, we, we kind of get a taste of this highly energetic, very intellectual, could not stop moving kind of personality. And Ralph said the ones that survived are the ones that knew it was a journey. It was to change the world, that it couldn't be, maybe, maybe your fight would not get one in that year, but it would get won, and we've, we've seen that, right? We've seen battles won, like uh, nobody could get married in 2000. By 2015, all, marriage is legal everywhere, right? 
we saw the Voting Rights Act, we, we, we saw the things um, done, and now we're seeing things undone, but I would also make the argument they're being undone because there's no roots. There's no why we do it. So now we've gotten to the vineyard. This seems like a really harsh story, doesn't it? It is a harsh story because once again, it's Jesus traveling with his disciples, and this time he's taking on the Pharisees directly. Let's put it in context a little bit about what's going on. This is, this is Holy Week. This, in the text, Jesus has turned over the tables already. And there has been um, Palm Sunday already. So things are, are in tension, kind of like they are right now there. They're in tension. Jesus, Jesus knows that Rome is the Israel, right? Rome is the superpower. If anybody speaks up against the superpower of that moment, they're going to be killed. Jesus is warning his disciples. He keeps telling these stories. Somebody is going to die. Jesus is the son in this story, right? So, and he's saying it not to you and me. He's saying it to the Pharisees and hoping the disciples get it. So, right, right? I know, I know. So here we are. Jesus is telling this story. There's, here's a vineyard. Here's a vineyard that makes much. I'm going to leave and leave it to those who can attend it. Those who are attendant actually are the prophets. They're warning. This is not a just system. The world needs to change. Again, we're using this example of workers' rights, right? The, the folks who are tending it, they probably don't have all the resources they need. They, they probably aren't getting all the, all the profit, right? So, so when, someone say, when someone says, I'm going to come and get all your profits, it's like, no, 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 no. Here's Jesus leading this movement, trying to change the world. There are many who are saying, no, 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 no. You're with me? I know this is a really, this is a really tough one. And then um, we keep upping the game, right? Then he sends the next tire up. Oh, they won't, they won't hurt them, will they? And they do. Well, they'll, I'm going to send my son. They won't hurt him. And they do. The disciples keep thinking, they won't hurt you, Jesus. No, they will. Because it's the message I'm bringing. And what's the message? The message is message of peace. I come here to bring a new way of living, but not through the gun. Because remember, Rome didn't have guns per se, but we know, we know Pontius Pilate did it through violence. Amen? We've gone through those stories, right? And he loved, he loved to show crucifixion down the road, right? That they walked on. So Jesus is saying, I want to change the world, but I'm going to do it non-violently. So I'm willing, I'm willing to go into the vineyard. I'm willing to go into Jerusalem, but non-violently. How Rome did it was, they would come in with all of their weapons, they would uh, occupy a town, they would claim victory, and they'd say, peace! Peace! <laughs> 
right? Really, really, really. So John Dominic Crossan talks a lot about, about that in his, his writings. Like you cannot, you cannot understand 21st century empire without understanding 1st century Christianity. Do you want me to say that again? You cannot understand 21st century empire without understanding 1st century Christianity. Because by the time it was 1st century or 4th century, but in those times, Rome started taking it over and making it an empire Christianity. Ah, right? So we got to take it back. We have to take it back. We're the ones who want to do it differently. Amen? Amen? So it seems, well, we know. We know at least for two years and three months, while you had an interim pastor, right, things were just kind of at this level, weren't they? We were open. That was a blessing. We made sure that this place could be a sanctuary for anybody who came. We made sure we had good preaching and um, and I know Rick was, Pastor Rick was great at visiting and one-on-one -on -one and taking care. But it was a taking care of with not really any tilling. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Amen? Right? Interim. Now we have this great space, great place that wants to be a little different than the empire. Because we know the empire. We know what the empire has to say is not life, or, well, it's life, but maybe better for others than most. But what the workers were reminding the owner and everyone else is, we cannot build this church at the expense of some and not others. So let's change the model. Let's make sure everybody has a piece of the new creation in a just way. Does that make sense? You now have someone to help till, right? You now have a leader that's going to make sure that we are open to make sure that we are a place of grace and of love. And, and we're starting to look at ways on how we can till and how we can be more inviting. You know what fun thing that we are getting ready to do that just tickles my my funny bone we're getting a new sign yes yes see i'm not asking i'm not i'm not asking for a finger like this uh papa new guinea community does of you for your faith that i went to visit at Bowers museum but anyway that's what i mean don't get scared no one's gonna die here no one's gonna get killed we're not gonna lead a we're not gonna lead um a revolt this story is about we need to be here so that those who were suffering under such unjust ways do not have to suffer anymore. Does that make sense? So we're going to start tilling. We need to start tilling our beautiful vineyard and make really good wine. Nope, nope, that's next sermon. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and so ways we're going to do that are just little ways. Like we're going to get a new sign so we look like we're open. Amen? And it won't look tired and won't look like someone forgot to fill it out. You know what else we're going to do with that sign? Because it's going to be all rainbow color Woohoo! What else? What else, Pastor Monica? What else? It's going to be digital. What? 
21st century? Yes. Yes. I'm going to have like a question of the day. No, no. Um, but, but with it being digital, we can also talk about the four churches that actually meet in this building. Did you know we have three other congregations that meet here? Right? Right? We can uh, talk about when we're having uh, jazz on fair, and we can have it on, on there. We do have good news to tell. We've been a little dense that people don't think that other people want to hear this news, but they do. They do. And we know none of us are going to be executed for telling this good news, right? So get, get inspiration out of this yucky, violent story. We are not threatened in any kind of way that any of the workers are going to be. But we are going to change it up a little bit so we can know that more can come. Do we have the energy for that? Yes. yes. Don't you think? Don't you think? Jim and I know, and I can say this about Jim because Jim and I went through the same campus ministry ministry back many years ago. We have dear, dear friends that were scared to death for being queer. And our ministry was the only one on campus, a campus of 23,000. I know that's nothing for California, but it was a big deal for us. 23,000. And our campus ministry is the only safe one. We still are pertinent. We still need to be alive. And I'm not saying that we're dying. I'm saying that, and we also need to know that we're in it for the long haul, so we need to pace ourselves. Some of us may need to step up a little bit more so others can rest. Some of us may uh, need to maybe get on the phone a little more often and call that friend that you haven't seen in a while. Ministry happens because we're all in it together to till together. Does this make sense? But we also have to remember we do it nonviolently. And nonviolently, in our case, means how are we speaking to one another? How are we inviting others? We don't have to worry about anybody coming to crucify us or somebody hanging us, but when we take that discipline of pacifism, which is not passivism, doesn't mean to be passive. It means to be conscious of everything we do and that it may not be violent. Now, I swear like a sailor when I'm in private. Oh, sometimes in public. But one could say, when I'm in the best of my pastor mode, even that's violence, and I shouldn't do it. So that's what our Christian ancestors say is backsliding. Every once in a while, I backslide. But then I ask for God's forgiveness. But you see what I mean? It's about just being more aware of everything we do and that we remember we are not being asked like the sun to stand among violent people. We're just asked to tweak here and tweak there so that we can make sure more are filling up our seats. Can we do that together? Amen? Check in, help out, maybe make a thing of coffee one week, maybe bring treats, maybe Call at somebody. I see we have some people missing. See where they are. Hopefully they're okay. It takes everyone to till and reap the harvest. Let's call us the tasslers. Hey, Jim, you know, 
at the end of the, the summer for corn, when corn needed to be harvested, uh, something that's done in Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa is detasseling. And so uh, 13 to 15-year-olds would get to work and get really good money for like six weeks of the summer. Okay, more like three, but it seemed like six. It's like 10, right? So we go, and we go early in the morning. We have our little water coolers, and we go. Um, the school bus comes to the city park, at least in my case, and then everybody gets on, and we all go, and we detassel, we detassel, we detassel. So the corn can do what the corn is supposed to do. Amen? I'm not even going to talk about the science of the tassels. But anyway, right? Woo! So there can be a harvest. So as our text says today, only good fruit will come from what has been tilled. Amen? So let's all be tasslers together and be a new, just right, foreign language. I don't know how you pick oranges. I'll learn. So anyway, but um, uh, so let's all be the tasslers. Go forward and know no one's going to harm us. In fact, more people may come and love on us. Amen? Amen. Amen.